Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, guys. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to focus on you in this holiday weekend, Lord, so we can give you the praise and glory, Lord. We worship you. We thank you for spending time with us today, Lord. And in your name we pray. Amen. All righty. Well, we're going to continue to talk about faith. How many of you guys are grateful for Nan blessing us last week? You're going to have to send him our love because that was amazing. And I know, and I know, I know the devil always likes to beat us up, you know. And I talked to Nan, and he was like, "I was like, bro, that was so good." And he was like, "Well," and I'm like, "No, man, like, yeah, like it, I, I told the pastor and him that he taught, you know, he showed us the difference between faith of believing and having the stuff come true that you're believing in, and the faith that where you believe your entire life and you never get your promise." But you pass that faith on to your children and they continue in that faith. And it was just, I don't know, all week after that, I just kept thinking about it. I kept coming back to it like, you know, that's true faith. And so many people are like, oh, I have faith and they believe for something. But then after two months when they don't get what they believe in, then they're like, all right, I'm done. There goes my faith. God must not be real. And it's like faith isn't always getting what you want. Faith is believing and living as if you've already got it, even if you don't have it. So it, it goes beyond just, like, Pastor, when I said it, I was like, you know, he showed the good side and the bad side. And I was like, not that there's a bad side to faith. And Pastor was like, there is a bad side to faith. And then he talked a little bit about what I had talked about last week, about being a wish. And, you know, we don't just wish on a star and hope our dreams come true. Or use God like our faith to where we can... Tell God we want this, and as long as we believe enough, we're going to get it. But that's not what faith is. Faith is God giving us the ability to live confident lives, godly lives, Christian lives, living for him when everything's not going good. But we still we still hold on to that. And, you know, Stefan has been teaching the last two Sundays. He's been killing it on the places we'll go and and how that that is, you know, in life, sometimes it doesn't go the way you think, but you keep the faith. And that's what that's what gets you through to the next promise of God. But I, I love all that, but I'm, I, I don't know. I'm like a faith preacher. Like, I don't like to talk about the negative things. Like I don't like to go, well, we're getting beat up, but we're going to keep going. Everything's going to be good. I'm, I'm more like, everything's great. Let's just focus on that. Let's not focus on all the negative things that have been going on around us. Let's focus on the good things that are happening in our life because... That's where God's at. That's where God's making his move. The bad things that are happening in life, that's where the devil's making his move. So I don't want to focus on his strategy or give praise to what he's doing. I want to give praise to what God's doing. So I, I keep my mind focused on that. Me and Candy do it to each other. She starts being negative. I'm like, baby, let's focus on what's going good. You know, she does the same thing to me when I'm, all right, God, I'm done. My car's not running. I'm giving up. She's like, Dan, it's all right. We're going to be okay. And that's, that is the element of faith that Nan talked about last week. And I thought he did a great job on covering that. So I'm not done with faith, though. I need more faith. So we're going to continue to, to pursue this faith as we go. Because especially right now with all the good things that we're doing for God's kingdom, we're starting 
We're starting those classes next Saturday with the pastor. Those are going to be incredible missionary and ministry classes. That are, you know they're going to they're going to give some people tools that they need to further the kingdom. So I, I'm excited, and those are those are big things that are coming down the line. And so of course the devil's causing all these little distractions to try and annoy us along the way. But I'm not giving him I'm not giving him any benefit for what he does. So let's jump into Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 35 today. Nan hit all on Hebrews, but I'm going to go back a little bit right before Hebrews began. And we're going to read that because it kind of ushers you right into that faith chapter that he talked about. Verse what? 25 or 35. Hebrews 10, 35. So do not throw away... This confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. And you know that's right there. Don't throw away our confident hope that we have. This trust in the Lord. Because we know what great benefit it brings us. I'm, I'm preparing a sermon right now that I'm getting ready because I know pastor's going to make me preach soon, so I might as well be ready. But I, uh, I, I, I'm preparing one on life more abundant. One of my favorite uplifting messages about God's goodness. And when I was preparing that, I, I read Psalms 34 where it talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. And he talks all about the good things that God brings to his life. And I always tell everybody that, you know, I'm like, people act like it's hard to live for God. We'll try being an alcoholic for three years because that was a rough life. And we, don't, we're all, we all act like the devil's life is, is so great. We see the bait, but we don't see the hook behind it all. But when, you, when you've been in it, you see the hook. You're like, ah, no, I understand where that leads. I'm like, That's not a good time. Hey, Sister Debbie. Hey. We're talking about faith. You're just in time. But yeah. But that's what that's what he's. We just read this scripture. Do not throw away the confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. So that's that's what that whole passage in Psalms was talking about. Is you know taste and see that the Lord is good. See how living for the Lord gives you benefits in your life. So when we, uh, when he, what he says here is don't throw away that confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings. Now, some people who've never lived for God, they don't understand the great reward that it brings. And even as a church, we don't focus on it enough or talk about it enough. Again, and I'm not, I'm not talking bad, don't get me wrong, because these messages of when everything's rough, God's still good is a good message for people who are going through rough times. But as a church, we don't we we tend to lose sight on focusing on the good rewards that come from living for God. And that's what he's talking about here. Don't forget the great rewards it brings. Guess what? Your children will have a relationship with their mom and dad. That's a great reward. Like your, your dad's not going to be drunk beating his wife in front of his kids. That's a great reward to have. All of the sin in our life brings terrible negative things that the devil tries to cover up and act like don't exist. 
But once you step into a Christian life and you live a few years in a Christian life, you realize these great benefits that we get. And if you, if you look at people's life around you who haven't lived godly lives, you can see their lack of benefit. Hey, Sister Charlie. Right. Right. We don't. We, we take it for granted because we've always been raised in it, and this is how we live. So we've had this hedge of protection. So we don't. We don't. We don't really take consideration of it until it's gone. Until you. Until you're like me, and you. Right. Until you're silly like me, and you run away from church when you're, you know, a teenager, and it takes going through some stuff before you realize, like, oh my gosh, there are some great benefits and rewards for living a godly life and that's that's why Saul right even the servant has it made in my father's house right and then that's what that's why the psalmist wrote it that way taste and see that the Lord is good don't judge it from the outside don't think you understand it if you haven't put it in your mouth and experienced how how it tastes that's where we're, we really get to see the benefit and the reward from it. But he tells us here, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. So now that we're already in the middle of this fight, we're saved, we've got this great faith and all of this, he tells us what you guys really going to need now is patient endurance. Brother Travis, patient endurance. <laughs> Everybody in here with kids that are under five or teenagers, patient endurance. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Jan. All stages of life. This is once we're once we're saved, we've got this faith in God. We're re we're reaping the benefits of living a good Christian life. Now we're not dealing with the curses and the garbage that are in the world, but we still need that patient endurance because that's what's going to keep us in our faith if we start losing that endurance it goes away it's a, as soon as something bad happens oh that's it i give up i give up my face out the window i'm done when the faith and living for god is what's keeping your house standing patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do god's will then you will receive all that he has promised you. For in just a little while, we're in uh, Hebrews 10, Charlie. I'm reading Hebrews. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And it's amazing. You know, we talk about how long or, you know, when we're a kid, I used to always be like, Man, if I could just make it to my 20s, I'm going to be okay. Now the 20s are far in my rearview mirror, and it feels like it was yesterday that I was 20. And I realize how quick time moves when you're looking back as opposed to looking forward. The days are long and the years are fast. Right. And the, in the end, the coming one will come, and he will not delay. So the quicker, time moves fast. But that's why our faith is important that we hold on to it. We stay encouraged. And my righteous ones will live 
by faith. Now, I've always looked at that like we live by faith, which means that I should be doing everything in faith. What I didn't look at this like until I read this today is that without faith, you're dead. We, we know that without faith, your works are dead. We understand that. But when he's saying here, my righteous ones will live by faith. What he's saying is if you don't hold on to that faith, you're not going to continue to live in God. You're not going to continue to live righteous. Yeah, we are saved by our faith. We are preserved by our faith. It is our faith that keeps us. So we've got to hold on to that faith. And even in the midst of our trials, have that patient endurance. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Mm. You know what the end of that states in mind? What? It actually says, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Yeah, that's good. I, mean, I just thought, wow, that's... No, yeah. that's so good. If he shrinks back. That's how we do Yeah. That shows us how important it is to God that we maintain this faith. But he says, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. So thank God we are the children of God who are not turning away to our own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And then that's what leads us right into Hebrews 11. Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. And again, when that word hope there, he's not talking about wishing. He's not saying faith is the reality of things that we wish for. Faith is the things coming true that you just want to have. That's not what he's saying. Hope, when he uses hope, he's using it from a Christian standpoint. That word hope means so much more to him than a wish, than a cross your fingers and flip a quarter in a well. He's saying hope is our confidence in the word of God. That's what our confidence is. So you can't have faith that you're going to win the lottery. <laughs> you can wish you'll win the lottery, but it's not in the word of God. So you can't have that confident hope in the word of God if what you're putting it on is not in the word of God that's very important because so many people have faith for things and then they throw their faith away because it didn't work the way it was supposed to work but that's not what faith is faith is not me believing I'm gonna get whatever I wish for faith is not me believing that whatever I pray for God's got to give it to me he's my father he's my good shepherd he's gonna take care of me a good shepherd and a father doesn't give their kids everything they ask for. A good shepherd and a father gives them what they need. And he takes care of them because he's smarter than they are. If I gave it to my sons, they would just eat Oreos and ice cream for every meal. And even though I don't know if I'm doing much better. No. <laughs> I still give them way too many Oreos and ice cream. Maybe this earthly father doesn't know as much as I should. <laughs> But, but I care about their happiness. And God cares about ours. So that's why sometimes he gives us the ice cream and the cookies that we're begging for. Even though he knows, nah, it's probably, that's not what they really need, but I'll give it to them because I love them and I want to make them happy. But that's not how, that's not where we get our, that's not where we put our faith in. 
Like I'm, I'm praying that God blesses me with the vehicle. I'm not going to put my, I can't say I got faith in that because it's not in the word of God. Right. I have faith that he loves me. I have faith that he's going to care for me. I have faith that he's going to take care of me more than any other thing because that's what he promises me in his word. So I know he's going to make sure that I can teach his word and I'm going to get to where I need to go. But I can't say, okay, God, my faith is now your word. I'm going to have that truck tomorrow. That's, that's broken faith. And then as soon as it fails at my feet, I start losing my faith in God. Now, if he tells you he's going to give you a truck tomorrow. Right. And you say, I believe you. And you walk knowing, that, all right, God told me I'm going to get a truck tomorrow. That would still be walking in faith. Right. But to say, God, give me a truck tomorrow and, and put your faith in that is different. Right. If it's the word. Yes. If it's the word. Now, if... If my next door neighbor says, hey, you know what? I, I see this truck over there. I bet you can buy that. That's not the word. Now, when when brother Bobby Wade came up to me and prophesied that God was going to give me a house, that was the word. I knew it was a prophetic word when it came out of his mouth. God was telling me in my head what it was. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a crazy experience that I put my faith in. Because now that's the word of God that a prophet spoke into my life. So I can I can put my faith that that God's word is going to come true. That's that's yeah. So I'm glad you pointed that out. In the Bible, he says he's a provider. Yeah. He's going to give you a brand new truck, but you'll make sure you have that, a, a exactly. ride to work every day. Exactly. And if we're not, if we if we lose sight and we we put that in the wrong thing, well, God said he's a provider, so therefore he's going to give me that Porsche. That red Porsche sitting on a corner. Well, that's that's not what a provider says. That's not what the Bible says. You're reading more into it than you should. But if you don't read more into it and you you have that trust in God that he's going to take care of you and there's where your faith lies, everything else works itself out. And you got you to kind of give him time to work with you because it is a partnership. That's just like when I quit smoking, God told me. You buy that candy bar instead of cigarettes, I'll take and wait. And he told me that. I heard it just like he said here saying it. And right. I bought that candy bar and I ain't had cigarettes since. And I smoked for a long time. I smoked camel on burgers. I loved it. God took them away from me because right. I listened to what he said. If I wouldn't listen to what he said, I'd probably have cancer now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. So let's go to Romans chapter 10 because he's talking about the same thing here. We're going to go to Romans 10, starting at verse 5. And I've really got to jump on. You guys thought I was fast with my Bible. I'm using my phone today. I'm even quicker. I can find it like now. <laughs> I know, it is a little bit like cheating. But today, especially after this long holiday weekend, I feel like cheating a little bit. I'm like, let's just cheat. Do it the easy way today. I was like, God, I'm not even going to prepare. I'm just going to let you do it. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have, I already used up all my teachings, buddy. So <laughs> I should have made Travis do it today. <laughs> We're going soon, though. I'm excited. God's been speaking to him. And I've been, I've been feeling it for a long time that, that me and him, he was, he was the big push behind all of this starting. Trav was the one who came to me and was like, Dan, let's let's get a Bible storm. Let's do it in our community. We were going to walk this trailerhood and <laughs> knock doors before we realized it's God who calls people. So we just let him call everybody in here. But that's how serious we were about starting this. And then... Well, they did. 
Yeah. Said, yeah. Well, right. And they said we're excited because right. they have your Bible study here. We told everybody. Right. We put it on our Facebook. We exactly. God and it, and it's God. and yeah, God's been blessing it. But I want to. Uh, I know, and God's been speaking to him too because he's been telling me, and I'm like, it's time for me and him to get up here and kind of do a Bible study together. Because if you guys got to listen to our phone conversations in the morning, I think everybody would be jealous. We'd be doing a giant Zoom phone call because it's the same thing when like me and Pastor Guati, when me and Nan Guati, when, when two people who are full of the Holy Ghost get together and, and you know, yeah, and there's something about it being laid back and casual and you're not trying to make sure you got everything together. You can just pull your sword out and swing it around. You guys can kind of but in the, in in the process of that, you learn and you grow so much, man. Like so, I think if me and we've been doing that, we've been trying to get that. We've been trying to get that in here. And with the way me and Brandon taught, and the way me and Nan taught, you're, we're starting to see that in this room. And that's where I really want to bring that in because it gives you time to like when when if when we teach together, you know, I can let him. You know, God will be speaking to him while I'm talking, and then he'll tell you what God's been telling him while I'm letting God speak to me real quick for a second. It's it, a little the bit. Bible, a lot of the times they were in pairs. Yeah, true. They sent out the disciples in pairs. Yeah. So. We're in. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's something. There's something beautiful about it. So coming soon, Trav. Get ready. <laughs> We already put you. We already put you on the hook. I recorded it. Now I can't back out. I'll be a liar. <laughs> All right. So let's start in verse number five. Romans ten five. For Rome, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. So. The old way of the law required that we obey all of God's commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart. And the message is the very message about faith that we preached. So again, he, he jumps right into faith. When everybody starts talking about what are we going to do to be saved and the old law, we had to keep all these commandments. Now what do we do? Romans 10. Romans 10. Starting at 5. Verse 5. Yeah, we're in seven, or 8 now. And the message is the very message about faith that we preached. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? 
And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. I, talk, I, I taught all about good news and I didn't even add that scripture in. <laughs> how did I miss that? But how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings good news? That's why our message of faith and hope is so important. That's why what Nan taught last week was a big deal. We don't think it's a big deal, but that message of faith is what keeps people saved. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So that, he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord is what it says in the King James Version. And that, that's exactly what we were talking about here. We, our faith has to come from the word of the Lord. It can't be from our own desires. It can't be from our own heart. The Bible says our heart is exceedingly wicked. We've got to remember that. If, if, our, if what we're thinking our faith is based on is our own desires, then we are, we're, not, we're not actually walking in faith. We're wishing. We're wishing and pretending. Let's go to Deuteronomy 31 and 6. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who spread the good word about Christ. So the more we, Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. Thank you. Yep. But that's why it's so important that we uplift people with faith messages, with encouraging messages. That's why I want to continue to teach about faith. We're going to go through this for the next couple of weeks. She's going to read it right to us? I don't even got to worry about it. Thank you. I should be doing that all along. In this day and age, why am I reading the Bible when I can have them read it for me? I can just stand here and comment on it. <laughs> no, yeah, it is better. It's emphasis. And, it, and, it, and it's being able to point out certain points of it that the Holy Ghost wants us to. So Deuteronomy 31 and 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is doing, he's going with thee. So, we, we know faith. Is, is something that stands strong. But we also know that there are some things in our life that oppose faith. Doubt is one thing that opposes faith. You remember the father who was praying for his son and Jesus told him, have faith. And he said, I have faith, but help my unbelief. Unbelief is what stands against faith. Another thing that stands against faith is fear. Yeah, that's what, he's, that's what he's referencing here when he's saying be strong 
and courageous. If we are strong and courageous and we're not fearful, our faith stands strong. But anytime we are full of fear, we are full of doubt, that's when our faith starts getting attacked. Well, the biggest example of that was COVID. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it hit the world. Yeah. And in, and in every way, you see how the devil fights anything from God that way. God says, Dan, you're gonna, I'm going to do this in your life. The first thing the devil does is start showing me all the ways it could not work out. All he's doing is trying to grow doubt. He's trying to grow doubt. He's trying to grow fear. And if I focus on what he's showing me instead of what God promised me, that's when your faith starts to waver. If I start looking around at all the things that could cause that dream not to come true, your faith starts going out the window. If Joseph was looking around at the prison cells, he's not, he's, all right, well, there goes that promise, God. There's no, there's no reason for me to continue in my faith. I'm in a prison. There's no way, I'm never going to see my family again. They're never going to bow at my feet. But in order for him to stay faithful, he had to remember that dream that he had. He had to remember that promise that God gave him. Then throughout all the process of going through all that, he was, he's not focused on the prison. He's not focused on where he's, where he, the position he's in because confident faith comes from the word of God. If we start focusing on the other things in our life, it's just like Peter on the water. When he was focused on Jesus, his faith was strong. He's walking on the water. As soon as he started looking around at the waves and the wind and all the craziness around him, doubt and fear start creeping in. And the next thing you know, you're sinking in the water. That's important. In a world that does nothing but try its best to get us to focus on doubt and fear, it's important for believers to refuse to look at it. Refuse to look at it. Right. I'll find out what the weather is when I'm way up. Right. I just did a little mini study on expectancy and not not expect walking in faith and not expecting things because the enemy works through your emotions and feelings. And you start thinking and emotionally feeling the money. It's a trick but just to walk in God by faith when he's told you. But, it, but it's also important, not only because we've got faith. Everyone's been given a measure of faith. And everybody in this room is very good at using their faith. There's another side of this, though, where we've got to eliminate doubt and fear in our life. Because you can have great faith. But if you've got great faith and you've got great doubt and great fear, your faith isn't greater than your situation. That's why, that's why the father said to, to Jesus, yes, I have faith, but help my unbelief. That's why, that's why he told him that. Yes, I have faith. Help my unbelief. Because the, everybody's got faith. But if you've also got doubt and you've also got fear, it's going to eliminate the faith that you've got. So, so we all have faith. And it'll grow, and we can grow in it by listening to the Word of God, by putting that inside of us. That's how faith comes. But as we increase our faith, we also have to eliminate the things that are opposing it. 
We have to eliminate fear. We have to eliminate doubt and allow our faith to grow. If we can do this, we'll get to a point where our faith outweighs our doubt and it outweighs our fear. And then we're walking strong in the Lord. Again, in Joshua 1, verse 9, he says the same thing that he says in Deuteronomy. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So there brings in our third thing that opposes faith. Discouragement. So we have fear. We have we have doubt and we have discouragement. Man, I want to take notes. I got to take notes. I want the Holy Ghost is telling me as I'm teaching. Hallelujah. But that's good, man. That's those are three things that are very important that we need to eliminate in our life so that our faith can grow. Amen. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. Discouragement. How does that kill your faith? Man, I should do a whole Bible study on faith killers. I'm doing right now. I'm working super long hours. I have for a long time. I've been praying for a release. We're, we're about to run our house, and there's a lot of tension with a newborn baby, and there's discouragement is growing. That's one of the reasons why I plug in all the time with that people. You know, I got Bono over here telling me, man up. <laughs> that, that, that helps. It helps. It helps. You're right. No. That's encouragement. No, yeah. no, I mean, you know, prayer and, and uh, you know, also people you know, who've been through it. They're saying, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, let's keep going. Right. 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 That's very good. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. Right? Like, I'm tired. I need, I need other people that have been through to tell me, hey, you all right? You know, right. I was, just, I was just telling somebody this week that when you're in the storm, the, the, the dock can be right in front of you. But when it's dark and the waves are coming and you're crashing, you can't see that. So, because you're in the middle. But once you get through the middle and you can see that, then you, you'll, you'll have faith again. But when you're in the middle and you can't see nothing good, but what's happening all around you when it looks bad, it's because you're in the middle. That's right. when you just trust that. Right. right. To get to that next right. step. Yep. Sometimes that's right. the hardest thing. Yeah. Right. Right. right in the middle. Right. And it's like the idea, you know, like when you don't plug in, you disappear over time. People don't, you know, like. You're, 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 you know, they don't know if you're feeling depression or depression or whatever. It's good to stay plugged in because people are praying for you. People are, well, are seeing what you're going through. The enemy is always speaking yeah. to you. And if you don't have people around you in Christ and in the spirit like you are, you're going to start listening to the wrong voices. Yeah. And we need to connect and be together to each other to be right. a good place. Discouragement yeah. will eliminate your fear. I mean, your that's faith. Just what, I, that's just what I told your mom. I said, you know, I, I need to go to Bible study. I was hungry for it. I wanted it because I know when the devil's doing stuff to me. Right. And the only way to do it is when God wants God in your life. That's the only way to get him out of your life. Right. Yep. And that's right. I look forward to having Bible studies now. Yep. 
Yep, the devil wants to focus on all the, okay, look at this negative, look at this, and then you're beat down and you're discouraged and you're like, you know what, I can't do it no more. I can't keep holding on to this faith when, I'm, when I see all these bad things going on in my life and I'm focusing on them instead of holding on to the promise. So encouragement defeats discouragement. Yeah, so let's go through it. You're, you're, you beat me to the punch. The three things that, that we've got here that are attacking our faith are doubt, fear, and discouragement. So what are three things that will combat them that we can implement into our life besides faith? Because faith is going to be there and it's going to grow in us. So let's deal with the first thing, which is doubt. Doubt is something that attacks your faith. The opposite is what will combat doubt. The opposite of doubt is promises. The more that I put those promises in my life, the more the doubt disappears. When I'm sitting at home and I'm like, man, God, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill today, man. I, like, I, I really don't see how that's happening. The only way to get me out of that mud is for me to go, well, my mom said she'd help me out if I need a problem. So I, I remind myself of the promise that, that I've got that'll take away the doubt that I'm holding on to. That's good. That's good, guys. This is all the Holy Ghost because I'm writing it as I go. <laughs> the second thing that we come in contact with is fear. Fear eliminates our faith. As soon as you get afraid, well, there, there goes my faith again. The opposite of fear is peace. If we can have peace in our life, fear is the opposite. When, when he was walking on the water. It was peaceful. He, as long as he was confident in God and he had peace in his life, it was fine. But as soon as the fear started creeping in, everything got crazy, everything falls away. And it's the same thing in our life. If I'm scared of tomorrow and I'm scared about the future and I'm letting this fear creep in, if I can get my mind to a place of peace and calm, the fear doesn't affect me. God's got me. I'm good. I'm going to relax. Watch some wrestling. <laughs> We'll let God handle the problems. But that we need that. We need those places of peace in our life where we can calm down, not focus on the negative stuff. Sometimes that's important. When we're Even if you're doing something for God and he's like, all right, I want you guys to do this. And you're working on, you're working on that. He'll call you to take a moment of peace. Guys, you know what? You're, getting, you're, 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 you're starting to get fearful. You're starting to get doubt. You're starting to calm down. Jesus went into the wilderness. I got to find some time for peace. I got I to get away because I'm getting fearful. I'm getting all this crazy attachments on me that I don't need right now. And if I can get myself back to a place of peace again, I'm not going to be scared about what tomorrow is going to bring. I'm going to rest easy. And the opposite of discouragement is encouragement. That's why it's so important in the Bible that we encourage our brothers and sisters. We've got, yes. Give your, yeah, your testimonies. That's a great way to encourage people around you. But we know we got a big devil who does a very good job at discouraging people. And how many times do believers in the church just decide to get on his team? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Hey, Dan, that was a pretty crappy Bible study you did. Oh, thanks, devil. He already told me that. I had to tell him he was a liar. Now I guess I got to tell you it. It's the same. We, we can't let that discouraged talk come into our life. There, there are times that like I've talked to people on the phone and I got off the phone with them and been like, I don't want to talk to them again. 
Like, I, I don't want to call them again for a while because nothing good came out of that conversation. <laughs> no, he always gives some. He always gives me some happiness. But, but there, that, that's. But I know, I know everybody in here knows what I'm talking about. Everybody's been on a phone with someone, and you're like, oh my god, if I get out of this conversation, I will never get back in it. Because there's nothing encouraging coming out of what they're saying. Everything they're saying is discouraging and downplaying and oh look at the fear and all oh, look at the doubt and all oh, look at the, all the We're all gonna die. Exactly. Like, did I just call CNN or did I call my friend? Because if I want bad news, I got four four news stations that'll play it all day long. But I got one book and one family that should be encouraging and uplifting and showing me promises. That's why I'm never, I can't stop teaching about faith. I want everybody to hold on to that. We should all be encouraging each other every day. God is a good God. Taste Amen. and see how good he is. He's not going to let you down. He's going to lift you up. That's what he does. Everything that the devil does is going to be the opposite. It's going to be steal, kill, and destroy. But God's going to give you a life more abundant. Amen. And the more we teach that, the more we tell people that, that's what encourages people to do what they, that's what encourages them to be godly people. Nobody's going to want to be a Christian if Christians are miserable and full of fear and doubting and discouraging and miserable and look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Instead of being happy and because that's what that's what the Holy Ghost is supposed to bring happiness and joy and peace and comfort. And my, perfect love casts out all fear, and then God is love. So the more yeah. you get close to Him, the more fear is going to be cast out. Exactly. And our lives should be an example of that to people around us. Everywhere we go, we should want. We should encourage people to be a part. Youth groups do that. You know, like kids, that's why gossip comes to me like a child. Because youth groups do that. Like, you, I, I used to love when I was in youth group. Then when I got out of youth group and I had to go into church, I was like, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> I had to go for a long time. And then I came back because God is still what I needed. But the church wasn't representing that to me. They were representing piousness and all the rules that we need to follow and how we can look down on certain people and how we can show how I'm so much better than everybody else in this room. And none of that's God. None of that's love. None of that's encouraging. None of that makes people want to be a part of you. It's totally opposite from what this Bible teaches us to be loving, accepting, encouraging, uplifting, giving promises, increasing their faith uplifting them that's what people are going to be want, want to be a part of and that's what they should they broke in and spied on the early church to see their freedom and how they live they're like i can't believe this no other religion in the world gets away with this crap you see these guys they're all happy they don't care they're sinning and they're still praising god what is going on Every other religion, they're beating themselves and they're bleeding everywhere and they're trying to get God's approval and he still doesn't like them. These, these people got it all made. That's what they, and, and that's what our church is throwing away. And I'm not talking about our church, Pine, because we're perfect. I'm not about all the other churches. They're trying to get back to the wall. That's what the devil's trying to destroy in churches. He doesn't want our churches acting that way. 
He doesn't, he doesn't mind our churches believing as long as we don't continue to push that message. But the more in we're dealing with a world that's not got what we've got. We again, we talked about the blessings of a good life. The world does not have that. They're not walking in faith. They're not filled with the Holy Ghost and everything going good. They're not even happy with what they got. Exactly. So they need for us to show them how good life can be. And I can't do that if I'm discouraging them and I'm discouraged and I'm full of doubt and I'm full of fear and I don't even know my life's going to make it. So. Oh, look at that miserable man. I want what he has. Amen. All right, let's go to Psalms because, boy, this is moving fast. We're already 45 minutes in. Yeah. All right, let's go to Psalms. And that's what I need, too. That's what's good about recording while I teach because it actually shows me how long I've been teaching. So, you know, it's like at church they show you the time, but I, I don't, I'm not paying attention to when I started and when I stopped. So it's like I know it's getting later. I know, it, you know, when he, I'm sure the pastor knows it's almost noon. People want to eat some hot dogs. But you're not, you're not like this tells me you've already made these people listen to you for 45 minutes. <laughs> you better start wrapping it up. So let's go to Psalms 55. And 22. It says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. If we give our burdens to the Lord, he will take care of you. The burdens that we carry are doubt, fear, discouragement. These are the things that are, yeah. What? Randy, when you said give your burdens to the Lord and he won't let the godly fall. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. What's he saying? That relying on God for everything is God. Right. And that's so deep because if you really think about it, you know, we want to take things in our own hands, and that's when the trouble starts. But when you rely on your father, he wants us to rely on him. Like, that's something I've been learning. Father, what do you think your dad does? I, want, I do. I love my kids relying on me. Actually, I don't look forward to the day when they become grown, and I don't get to hold them, bring them in, and say, I got you. You know what I mean? So right. God says, come to come in like a child. You're right. And he wants us to come to him like that. Like, he does. I, I rely on my dad. That's very good, man. That's very good. Put it out of your own shoulder so you can put the focus. You're right. I, I, it, it's, I, Victor, I'll try to help Victor do stuff sometimes, and he's like, no, Dad, I got it. And it, like, breaks my heart. I'm like, no, let me help you. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I'm not, like, it's not hurting me to help you. And he's like, nah, I got it, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, all right. But that's, and I, that's what he's talking about. That's how God feels. Like, I've got it, guys. I'm, I'm willing to help you. And there's some things God's not going to be able to I mean, he can, but there's some things he leaves to us to fix. My AC unit. He's leaving that up to me. I hate that. I really wish he'd just come down here and zap it with his finger and we'd be good. But those aren't the things that he's, that he's going to fix. But there are other things that he can handle. 
my burdens he can handle. I can give him my doubt and my fear and my, and my discouragement. I can go to the Lord and say, God, I'm feeling beat up right now. Can you uplift me a little bit? Can you show me some of your promises? Can you, can you let me feel your presence so I know you still know my name? I can, I can give him those burdens, and he knows how to handle those burdens very easily. And, of course, there will come a time when he handles all of our problems. I can just be like, hey, God, it's a little hot up here. <laughs> Psalms 37 and verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. But that's if you're taking delight in the Lord. You know, this it's is where true. they would spy them. These are all promises, but if you're not going to do them and follow right. them, you're not going to live in the promises. What do you think the spies learned? Right. They were taking delight in the Lord. Right. They were still happy. They were worshiping God, taking delight in the Lord. They were free. You know, you know what I mean? Most religions aren't free. You're right. You're right. That's good. And that's where we gotta that's where we end up the moment we start walking in God. When we can learn to live in this faith. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. We're gonna go there. I'm also gonna Proverbs 16 and 3 after that. But it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. So put your faith in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. I'm not supposed to be the one to figure out how to solve all the problems in my life. But I should be able to put my faith and trust in God that he's going to show me the way that I need to go. And he's going to open the door that I need opened. It's good. Joyce Meyer today, I was listening and she said, worrying doesn't add a hair to your head. Mm -hmm. Stressing out doesn't add a year to your life. All these things you're putting on yourself for no reason. When God's going to do what he's going to do anyways. So give it back to him. Because all, all you're doing is causing yourself, you know, problems. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire through a couple right here at the end. And then we're going to wrap it up. So if you want to write these down, I'll give you them now. But I'm going to read Proverbs 16 and 3. I'm going to read Isaiah 26 and 4. Isaiah 40 and 31. And Isaiah 41 and 10. But Proverbs 16 and 3 says... Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So again here, we're having, it's by our faith that we walk in our faith. But if we commit our actions to the Lord, 
our plans will succeed. That is a promise that we can stand on that will increase our faith. Because there are some things now when I go, okay, God's going to give me that brand new truck. Well, that's not in the word of God. But we just read a couple of things that are in the word of God. If we put our faith in God and lean not to our own understanding, he will show us the way to go. And if we commit our actions to the Lord, our plans will succeed. If what I'm doing is something that I'm bringing to the Lord, he's going to help that plan succeed. That's a promise from God that's in his word. We can put our faith on that. And when the devil comes around and tries to knock us down and give us discouragement, we can read this and say, you know what? It says in the Bible that if I commit my actions to the Lord and what I'm doing in my life is for him, that he is going to make sure my plans succeed. Now let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah, and then we're going to wrap it up after this. Isaiah 26 and 4 says, Trust the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Amen. Amen. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city, and he brings it down to the dust. And the poor and the oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. Trust in the Lord always, Trav, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. That's a promise in the Bible, that he will always be our rock. 40 and 31 now. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So, faith comes by hearing. Faith is me putting confident hope in the Word of God. Faith is me walking, believing what the promises of God says. So here's a scripture that we need to keep in our mind because it will eliminate doubt. It will give us security. It will eliminate fear by giving us peace of mind and it will stop the discouragement when we encourage ourselves with these words. I don't know how I'm going to go teach Bible study tonight. I'm dead tired. I would rather be at home laying on the couch. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When the devil tells you you can't make it to Bible study, yes I can, because the word of God says that he will give me strength. You know what it doesn't say here? It doesn't say the Lord is my strength. If I sit on my butt, he'll keep giving me strength. It doesn't say that though. It says if you run, you won't even get weary. And you know what? If you slow down to a walk, you still won't faint. But if you stop, there's no word here for it. There's no promise behind it. There's no promise behind sitting down and taking a break. Lord, I'm so tired. I just need to go take a nap. Well, it says if you keep running, you're not going to grow weary. So maybe if you're tired, you need to get up and run. That's hard to say, but it's so true. And I need to hear it. Because I, I tell myself that. Yeah. That's real in the physical. It is very real in the physical. Well, that's what 
I. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? That was a good word of encouragement. That's the encouragement we've got to give ourselves. When the devil discourages us. Oh, God. I'm so tired. I just don't feel like doing anything, God. That's discouragement. That's what that is. That's the devil attacking your mind. And if you let it come out your mouth, then he's really got you. But if we can fight it, and encourage ourselves. Like, you know, I do the same thing. Between 8 and 10 o'clock at home, I'm a zombie. Candace will vouch for it. I'm a midnight. I'm up all night. But between 8 and 10 o'clock at night, I don't know how I'm going to make it to work every night. 10 o'clock, I'm laying in bed like, I can't make it. I can't. I, there's no way. I got no energy. As soon as I get my butt up and I get out that door and I get to work, I'm good. I work all night long. I don't get tired. I come home. I teach my kids Bible study. And I, by the way, we finished the New Testament, guys. Yeah! Whole New Testament recorded for anybody who wants to listen. So if you can't read, you can still get the word. <laughs> if you don't have time to sit down and open your Bible and read, because a lot of people don't, you can play it while you work. You can listen to it any way you can get it. But I'm excited. That, that was really good. And I'm, I'm, one day they'll be able to play that to their kids. And our faith will continue to go on. So when we start feeling that discouragement in our head, we have to encourage ourselves. That is, that, is the, that is the counteraction for what the devil's trying to do in our life. Oh, you're tired this Sunday. You know what? You should just stay home and stay off your feet. Well, the, the, again, the devil, God said if I run, I'm not going to get weary. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. And God's going to give me the strength that I need to keep going. And I've got to believe that. I mean, think about it. Yep, that's always the way it goes. And if we wouldn't believe the discouraging lie that the devil put in our head, we would be there. If we if we back, if we combated that with the promise God's given us, you know what? He told me he'll give me strength. He told me if I run, I'm not going to get weary. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. I'm going to run. And Travis is right about physical activity. Like people, like if they'll be like, if you're tired, start working out. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense, but it does. You get up and you jog for a little bit. Your blood starts pumping and you're ready to go. If you sit down and let it coagulate in your veins, you're done. <laughs> Which I've been doing lately. Yeah, we do that too sometimes. That's what physical therapy is. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. There's some Christians that need some spiritual therapy. <laughs> Get that blood flowing again. Get up and exercise. Exercise your spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. So let's move on to the last scripture I'm going to read, Isaiah 41.10. Because here's another great promise for us to encourage ourselves with when we start feeling beat up. And it's funny because they mention it in every scripture I find where, he, where he's fighting these things. He, he tells you right off the bat what he's fighting. He's like, oh, you guys having a problem with your fear? Don't fear God. Do this instead. Don't be discouraged. Do this instead. He's telling us. And here again, he's going to do that. Don't be afraid. For I am with you. Wait a minute. I'm going to start, I'm going to start one more back because I read the, the end of the last verse, and that's amazing too. I have called you back from the ends of the earth. 
saying, I, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Man, that's good. Stefan hit that the other day at church. He's like, you know, God, we didn't choose God. God chose us. That's the same thing he's saying here. I've chosen you and I will not throw you away. So don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is good, guys. Don't be afraid. Why? So when we, when we feel fear creeping in, we don't have to be afraid because we know God is with us. And when we start to be discouraged, we can fight that by encouraging ourselves because we know that He is our God. He's not just a God. He's my God. He personally cares about me. And He will strengthen us and help us and hold us up in His victorious right hand. Those are the promises of God. Some people go, oh, well, there's hills and there's valleys and we go through that. We should be going from victory to victory to victory. Because we're with Jesus and He doesn't lose. So if the devil tries to convince me I've lost a battle, I need to encourage myself that I haven't lost a battle. I'm winning the war. It doesn't, these little things that are around me that are, that the devil tries to make me feel like are so distracting and so destructive to my life are not because the promise of God is never going to fail. He promised us when he filled us with the Holy Spirit that he would give us a new life, a new body and a resurrected life with him in heaven for eternity. That's what the Holy Ghost is in our lives. It's not, it's not just a weird feeling that we got. He said it was a future taste, a taste of the future glory to come. He was, it was his promise, his installment, his, his earnest, which we talked about that in, in Bible study. Brother Carl brought it up and we talked about it. And earnest actually means the deposit that you put on a house, which then gives you the title and makes that house yours and no one can take it back from you ever again. That's what the Holy Ghost is in our lives. Everything outside of that, that, oh, you're not saved, you messed up one time, you're going to hell, all of that is fear, discouragement. That's what all that is. That's of the devil. That's not from God. That's not faith. We hold on to our faith. My Bible says in Ephesians, I wrote down four different, five different places that tell me the Holy Ghost is a promise that I will be in heaven with God one day nothing's going to take that away from me. So every time the devil comes along and tries to discourage me, oh, and then, and then, he'll, and then he'll pull this game. Oh, well then, pff, Dan, you're just one saved, always saved. You're wrong. Yeah, I am one saved, always saved, because I ain't never going to be lost again. And I don't care how much you throw at me, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord because I'm in his hand and nothing can take me out of it. If I'm saved by my faith, then I'm going to hold on to my faith and I'm never going to be lost again. The only, that's the only way. If we're, if we're saved by our faith, then the only thing that can take us out of salvation is loss of faith. So no one's going to convince me. No one's going to, no one's going to make me believe ever again. I don't care how much they point out that I have earrings and tattoos and long hair. You can point all that out. 
but I've got the Holy Ghost burning inside me. And just like when Peter came back from the Gentiles and was like, I, I, I had to baptize them. They, got, they spoke in tongues. What do you want me to do? That's what people are going to be saying about me on Judgment Day. Jesus is going to be like, you spoke in tongues. I had to let them in. What do you want me to do? Right. Keep it biblical. Look into it. Very good. So let's remember that. The three enemies of our faith. Discouragement, fear, and doubt. And let's fight those with the word of God and standing on the promises of God's word. Amen. So let's close in prayer. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow these distractions for the devil to be cursed, Lord. We banish that to hell, Lord, that discouragement and fear and doubt will not come against your house, God, that your believers will stand strong in victorious faith, Lord, and that we will spread the good news of your message to this world, God, that you will encourage us, that you will strengthen us, Lord, and that you will continue to be a way maker and a promise keeper. Lord, we worship you and praise you, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray.